Hi friends, welcome to Growing as Grown Ups, where we believe each of us has the opportunity to keep growing in ways that can fundamentally improve our life effectiveness, our leadership influence, and our well-being. Through interviews, stories, and practical principles, we explore how you can accelerate your growth and unlock your potential to make the difference you want to make. And now, your hosts from The Leaders Lyceum, Dr. Sarah Musgrove and Dr. Keith Eigel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Growing as Grownups podcast. I have with me today, Sarah Musgrove. And uh, Sarah, we are at a transition point in what we're doing a little bit because we have interviewed a little more than a dozen great leaders, uh, people that we've really admired, kind of the way that they have handled their lives and, and kind of grown up as grownups, especially in the context of leadership. And uh, and we are going to um, kind of shift gears going forward, but we wanted to have a couple of episodes to kind of close and, and tie as tight of a bow as we could on what we think is important about what makes these leaders great. Because um, if it wasn't something that we could do, uh, we wouldn't we, we wouldn't have brought them on. I mean, it, it's not just to admire what they do. It's <laughs> to really it's to really dig in and say, well, what is it about what they've done that we can do to realize a greater level of effectiveness and happiness and satisfaction and all of these things in our lives? So I'm excited that we're going to have a chance to just talk about behind the scenes a little bit about what we what we do and what we see. So good morning. Good morning. Yeah, it's been such a great start to this podcast. We've had so many incredible stories. And I think for people that have been tracking with us through the first dozen episodes, um, they will have started noticing themes. And, and sometimes we pointed them out at the end of our interview or at the end of the podcast in the recap and, and called attention to those. Um, and, and I love that they just naturally shared so many of the best practices that we have learned over the years. And we didn't tell them what to say. We didn't say, okay, make sure you talk about developmental relationships. It's just a part of what they've grown. And so, you know, what, what we tend to talk about here is that there are, there are best in class people who grow developmentally, the people who just naturally know how to lean in and grow. And then there's average people and you and I tend to fall in average. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and for that reason, there's for that reason, there's nothing wrong with average. I know. Way to be average. <laughs> but the beauty is that we get to look at those top of class people and say, what are you doing? What are the practices that you're engaging in that I can model and and put in practice in my life and accelerate my growth to move further along the journey earlier in life instead of just waiting for life to unfold? at its natural course, which is what most people who don't understand the principles of growth do. And so our, our hope for today is to just reflect back on the 12 interviews with these amazing leaders that we have done to highlight some of these best practices and um, kind of make sure that all of you listeners at home know what you can be doing in order to continue to grow. And as we've said in other episodes, we have resources online on our website that we would love for you to engage in. Um, our free growth gap tool. If you haven't downloaded it yet, please, please, please go get it. We'll talk about it again today, I'm sure. Um, but it really is, um, captures so many of the principles that, that underpin growth. 
We have an online class called Challenge to Change that really is going to walk you through this with extra support, step-by-step -step reflections and lessons and assignments. And um, so we want to make sure you know of those resources. Um, we'll share at the end the discount code for being a faithful podcast listener. Um, but with that, Keith, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you share with us what's one of the things that you've noted from our podcast guests that you think capture these best practices of growth? I want to say one thing before you went into full-blown sales mode, which was awesome, <laughs> by the way. And, and folks, we are both uncomfortable sellers, I think, of what we do. I, I can't even... I can't exaggerate, and I'm prone to exaggeration, but I can't even exaggerate the utility of some of these things that we're offering. And so I would encourage you to just yeah. take a deeper look. But you said something about the great dozen people and kind of what made them great. And what I started thinking about is, do you know, we all have people in our lives that we admire. Mm -hmm. You know, every one of our listeners has people in their lives that they really admire. And it's beyond just how much money they've made or what position they've achieved. It's like they admire them because of the character of who they are. And um, when we went and found these great leaders that we had familiarity with, they had a series of characteristics about them that were about, um, I mean, we've thrown it into this broad category of maturity, but they've done some things like they've grown well through hardship, right? They have, um, mm -hmm. they really know who they are independent of what other people are telling them they mm -hmm. are and they're grounded in that reality. Um, they're able to see more of the bigger picture that's going on around them and not be sucked into the vortex of circumstances that seem to be sliding sideways. Um, you know, they, 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 they just, they've, they've got this way of seeing the world that is not easily blown hither and to yeah. by this whims of circumstance. <laughs> and my guess is, as our listeners think about the people that they admire the most, didn't I just describe them? I bet I did. Yeah. yeah. Right. So to your directly to your question, by the way, what stood out to me? Um, what, got, maybe what got our listeners to that point that you just described? We aren't born that way. Yeah, we aren't born that way. I mean, that's the reality. We are not born that way. We have to grow into that. And growing into that, <clears throat> excuse me, growing into that is not a matter of just tucking years under our belt, right? It's not just having experiences. It's evaluating those experiences in a way that change us. Um, and that just bleeds completely into the thing that stood out to me the most. And I may have a bias toward seeing this because it's what we do for a living. But we didn't interview anybody that couldn't name the challenges that they went through that wound up shaping them in really meaningful ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about those difficulties, um, we have long said, and we mentioned it on many, on many podcasts, we have, um, we have, brought up the fact, brought up the reality, brought up the commonality amongst these people um, that they have grown not in spite of, but because of the things that they have been through. Yeah. And uh, whether it was, you know, Stuart, uh, 
Stuart Rayfield's interview comes to mind in terms of her seizing the constant dripping of challenges, right? Not as, not as much as the big, oh my gosh, I can't believe you endured that challenge kind of challenge. Um, but just the constant dripping of circumstances, which I think is actually more common. It's just yeah, that we don't, go ahead. On go that ahead. point, I was just going to say, I was talking to someone the other day who's been listening to our podcast and said, you know, the stories of people like Muhammad and Bill Renji and the people that have these huge life-changing instances, he's like, those are incredible, but, but that's not my story. And I said, go listen to Stuart Rayfield's and, um, you know, this idea that, that we don't have to have the big thing to grow well, right? It's, it's the, any, we all face challenges. It's the frustrations with where you are in life and relationships and all those different things. I mean, it's, it's back to what you said. I guess we both talked about it in that first episode is our formula for growth, challenging contradiction over time times perseverance leads to accelerated growth and big challenges, you know, like Muhammad's accident where he lost his hand is obviously a huge challenge that is going to lead to growth because he persevered through it. Um, but, but with Stuart, it was, it was smaller challenges, but with um, intentionality and time that led to the growth for her. So um, I want to make the point that it is, it is, you don't have to have the big things. Yeah, um, but let's not run away from the big things. And when the big things <laughs> wind up coming our way, the more we have been seizing, utilizing the little things, the, the more developmentally fit we are to actually endure the big things in ways that lead to a different kind of growth. Absolutely. Right? It, it has got such a, such a parallel to... Um, to physical fitness and just, you know, effective exercise is not about putting your musculature in such a strain that you do damage to it. It's, but, but it is about tearing. <laughs> it is about doing a little bit of damage in a controlled way. And when we can notice and begin to pay attention to the, the, the little things in our life that are going on, what we are tapping into are exercises that won't hurt us, but will grow us, right? And the foundation of all of our programs, honestly, is that most people are not in crisis, but every time we have 25 or 30 people in a group, I bet we've got a couple of people, right? We've heard the stories who are in crisis. They're in the middle of losing a loved one, or we've had people who have gotten calls during a session day that they've lost a loved one. Ugh. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like the, the big things come, but in those rare instances where that has actually happened to a participant in a program, it is interesting how I think all of them have come back to me at some point and said, you know, this was the right time for me to be in this program because I was ready in a different way than I would have been ready. And, and, mm -hmm. and Sarah, we all, I think, get theoretically probably that we've got all these little challenges in our life. The question is, is how do I, we identify the challenges that can lead to growth? And, and, and anything that is bothering us, 
anything that we don't know what to do with, in other words, that we're not making perfect sense of, because if we were making perfect sense of it, it wouldn't even come on our radar screen as a challenge. Anytime we are bothered by something somebody says, anytime we can't sleep at night, anytime we read something that it's like, I don't know if that's true. That's, you know, that's not the way I've always made sense of it. Anytime we bump into these little things, we have actually bumped into an exercise that we can kind of ask ourselves some key questions like, who do I want to be? What's the story I want to tell? How am I going to make sense of that? What am I going to hold to be true? All of these things that you and I have talked at so many of our closings of these episodes about asking ourselves questions that demand an inside out answer creates that groundedness, creates that maturity, moves us away from being overly influenced by others or circumstances or things that take us down this spiral that we know we don't want to be in, but we find ourselves in. And that's, Sarah, you know, I'm, I don't know, a hundred years older than you. Not that bad. (laughs) It's almost 20 though, right? Almost a couple of decades older than you. And you're living at this time in your life, I'm going to just tell them 40 years of age, right? Where you are, sorry about that. I can't believe I said it either, but you're living at this, well, people, y'all log on to the, um, log on to the YouTube on this and go, oh yeah, she looks good for 40. (laughs) I'm getting myself in trouble. You're going to have to edit this out probably. So, (laughs) so, so Sarah, you're at an age where people who are growing are coming to some of these inside out conclusions about themselves, right? You're seeing a lot of your friends being in that space. Yeah. Lots of people have grown up in really cool ways, by the way. And I've seen lots of people grow through these transitions. But the reality is, is that if we've got enough, you know, kind of financial resources, and if we've got, our kids are all pretty good, our marriage is kind of happy. If you're smart enough to figure it out. If you're, oh my gosh, if you're smart enough to figure it out, it's like you kind of get by without growing. You maintain that status quo without really growing. And yet when we can lean into these little things, I don't know. I, I think you, I probably uh, went off more than you intended, but, but. No, it's all good. And, and we will, our next episode, um, I'm going to interview you, which will be super fun because this is your life's work. This is your research and really unpacking what what do those transition points look like and, and what is the map of how we grow and giving people a picture kind of what they're aiming for. Um, but I think, I th- you know, you mentioned earlier the importance of asking yourself questions, right? And a, a number of our recent guests made that really explicit in their podcast, but you know my favorite question. I don't know if I've shared it on this podcast, but um it's what I ask myself. It's what I ask my friends. It's what I ask my clients when they are facing difficult circumstances and they find themselves wanting to be overly influenced um, or to blame the circumstances around them, right? Or around me. Oh, that person is just such an idiot, right? The, not that I would ever say that, 
is to pause and ask yourself the question, who do I want to be in the middle of this? And at the end of the day, what's the story that I want told about how I handled myself in this situation? And, yeah. and just the simplicity of those two questions, who do I want to be and what's the story I want told? I feel like are the questions that, that make me stop and look at myself. And then I have the choice. Do I grow through this challenge or do I let the challenge kind of defeat me? And so, you know, for our listeners, just think about those questions. Think about a situation you have going on in life right now and ask yourself those two questions. And when you hear somebody that you care about and that you're investing in facing a challenge, asking those questions as well. Um, while you were talking, I looked up something that was in um, Muhammad Masakwa's interview. He was episode number two. Um, and I remember him talking about this principle from his football training, but it, it was so relevant to what you were saying. And it was whatever you're doing in life, do it at the highest level because you never know what's going to be on the other side. So you need to be prepared. And so if you just kind of push aside the little challenges that come at you every day, you're not going to be prepared for the big things. And that's, that's what you said. And it just reminded me of, of kind of that athletic training mindset that, that he brought to the table. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I have noticed in a lot of our relationships, and we pointed it out um, early on, was how none of the none of the guests um, were doing this thing alone. Everybody had a story about how somebody else in their life came alongside them, spoke truth to them, challenged them, held them accountable, encouraged them. And I think, I think it's something that we under value in our life is that the, the, the people around us um, can serve as such great developmental fuel and we can do the same for other people. So um, I, uh, I should have figured out who said this, maybe it was Kevin in the last episode, but the idea, the importance of getting feedback and that the things that you most need to hear come from the people you least want to hear them from. Right. Yeah, that and, was Ke that was Kevin Riley made that point. Yeah. Yeah, and and how like we need to be open to to receiving those um, gifts of feedback of people who are willing to love us enough to speak truth truth to us. That we need the friends that um, a lot of our our guests shared that they kind of came along them and said, "I'm going to sit with you in the pain, but you're going to have to get up and keep moving. I'm not going to let you kind of." zero out your perseverance in, in the context of the formula and in this idea of developmental relationships that are challenging, that will challenge you to keep growing, that they'll hold you accountable to your goals, that they will encourage and, and cheer you on as you're going, that they will support you in ways of providing opportunities and resources. And I think, you know, I know that, that, um, because I do this professionally and, and my coworkers therefore understand this principles, you know, I'm lucky enough to have this, have these kinds of relationships with you and with other people we work with. But I, you know, have also tried to be intentional with friends of mine and, and inviting them into things and telling them what I'm struggling with and saying, help mm -hmm. hold me accountable, help, you know, feel free. You're always allowed to ask me questions about how I'm doing with something. And, and I, my hope is that our listeners 
have those relationships and if not are willing to take the step to go out and invite people into that. And um, I know for some people that's easier than it is for others. Some people are more right. private, more guarded, um, right. you know, but finding one or two trusted people to come alongside you on your journey that, that they get to speak into your growth, that you get to speak into the, their growth, I think is really, really important. And we've seen it in our guests that nobody tried to do it alone. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Henderson comes to mind as well as one who just mm -hmm. was so intentional about that. But, but I don't think we had a guest actually um, that didn't bring that up. Yeah. You know, um, there is, there, there's, there's a way I, I think to make this practical if it's not if it's not easy for you, spending a little bit of time thinking about why it's not easy, mm. and if you are and if you are less developed, not that doesn't make you a bad person, right? But if yeah, you're more in what we'll talk about next episode as a little bit more outside in, a little bit more concerned about what other people think, I think it's harder to develop that kind of relationship with your peers. Right, because if I say this, if I let them know this, oh my gosh, it's it's a it's a little bit like I'll be found I'll be found out. Um, or what if they, what if they, you know, w whether you're part of a, a a faith community or or you you have a political um, affiliation and that is part of your identity or you're part of a, um, you, you know, just a. a I mean, it could be a homeowners association. It could just be the neighborhood <laughs> you live in. It could be, it could be at work. I'm like, man, if people knew what I was thinking, they would not like me. If people knew what I was thinking, they would not come to me. If people knew what I was thinking, they wouldn't give me this assignment. They wouldn't be my friend. Mm -hmm. All of these things. And, and, and to just get really pragmatic about this for a minute. If you are in your 30s, if you find yourself resonating with the descriptors that I just gave, right? That I'm, I, I recognize in myself that I'm scared sometimes. I'm fearful. I'm concerned what others will think if I really let them know what I was thinking. Will there be an ostracized? Uh, will I be ostracized for that? If you're that person, here's what I would encourage you to do. Find someone who's three decades, four decades older than you. Because you know what? If, if you admire them, if they've grown up well, they don't care because they get it. They've been there. They know what it is. They're, they're going to bring the wisdom and insight and safety and authenticity and honesty and all of these things that they'll bring into that equation and they, and they can't just be old. <laughs> they've got to be grown up. <laughs> they've got to be, they've yeah. got to be the kind of people that you probably admire. And, and this does not need to be an everyday phone call. This could be breakfast once a month. This could be something that here's what I'm, here's what I'm thinking through. I remember Sarah that um, I was in graduate school in my early thirties um, there was a professor emeritus. 
he which which um that's a big fancy word but that means that he had retired but he was too cool to let go (laughs) (laughs) so so he maintained an office in the building and his name was joe hammock and um truly a level five as we've Mm -hmm. mentioned on this podcast sage just oh my gosh just one of my favorite people that i think i've ever met in my life and joe dr joe hammock was willing to go to lunch to me with me once a month he would take me Mm -hmm. to the faculty lounge and and um and the cool thing is is almost no one eats at the faculty lounge so we always had a table in the corner and I would be able to share things that I was thinking about, not even about the program, just about all aspects of life. And um, boy, I've told Carl Kuhnert this a dozen times. I don't think I've ever mentioned this to you, but he, he he was critical in my life. He was one of the key people. And at that point, he was probably at least, at least four decades older than me. And he never said no to a lunch that I asked him to, right? Mm, but I made awesome. a point. Yeah, it's just, and so, and so if you find yourself in that space where you're worried about processing the things that you're processing, and because of that, you wind up not processing it with somebody, just trying to leave it alone in your head, that's not good leaning in. That's okay. not effective leaning in. How can you get it out in a way with someone who can help provide perspective in the bigger picture. So that's my encouragement. Yeah. yeah, and that's a great point. And you know, one step further for people that don't feel like they have peers that they could talk to or don't have a person like that in their world, finding a, a coach or a counselor, right? Just somebody, you know, there, there are resources out there. Something you just said made me think of another big theme that um, stood out to me and and it's, it's the vulnerability and authenticity that we heard from so many of these leaders and the people that you would think that I look at and think they're such good leaders, they must know so much more than I do. And yet they admit, no, I don't know. And I have to go in and admit sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. And, and you know, a couple of them even said, if I tried to pretend, I think it was Stuart Rayfield, if I try to pretend otherwise then i'd be ineffective as a leader like the willingness to say just because i don't know something doesn't make me not a leader right it it, and it strengthens their credibility it strengthens their maturity it gives them the opportunity to keep learning and even thinking about um your conversation with carl leading up to the election which is um, one of my favorite episodes we get a lot of feedback on that. Um, just this idea of the importance of kind of listening and being curious about other people's perspectives and how do we how do we move away from divisions and fractures and us versus them requires this humility and curiosity that I think um, so many younger leaders are scared to embrace to yeah. be willing to say, help me understand, tell me a story. Let me, let me hear your perspective on something. Let me learn from you, I think is great. And, and 
going back to what you were talking about at the beginning of kind of everybody has a challenge that has shaped them. One thing that an exercise that we do um, with our clients, it's a part of our challenge to change course is the lifeline exercise. And, and basically we have people, you know, identify challenges. Well, we don't even tell them at the moment that they're challenges, landmark events in your life, and then kind of unpack them. And I think that would be a great exercise for people to get together. It would help form relationships. It would help increase vulnerability is to just get together with somebody and say, Hey, tell me a story about something that's been influential in shaping who you are. And, and I think about, um, you know, the people in my world that have different life experiences than me and, and the, the vulnerability it would take to say, Hey, I want to understand your story. The challenge that that would bring is as I hear things that are contradicting my way of understanding the world, you know, especially with all the racial tension right now, the political divide, just the, the power of openness, curiosity, vulnerability, kind of that all packaged into one, I think is, is a really great opportunity for growth that so many people don't take advantage of. Yeah. So as a really practical step, then again, if you don't, I thank you for bringing this point up. It's so wonderful. Um, one of the ways you can initiate a developmental relationship with somebody where ultimately you will be able to process the things that you're thinking about is to actually first, first help them process the things that they're thinking about. Make a safe place, make a safe place for them. Yeah. Right. Ask them without judgment, ask them without trying to defend your thinking what's going on mm -hmm. in their life. How, tell me more about why you're thinking that that does a Carl's episode reminds me of that, that there was this challenge. I think that Carl did a good job that we put forward in that interview to go out and just be curious. Mm -hmm. And I know you love that, but when, but I mean, that's like one of your main things is how, how it can is. we be curious with each other? Um, but Carl I'm sorry, not Carl, in that in that interview, the, the, just the thing that we talked about is that when we go out and allow someone else to begin to be authentic and not judge them mm -hmm. in that way, the chances that you will then be able to be reciprocal in authenticity and really talk about what's going on with you is going to happen. So it's mm -hmm. not like you need to, are they safe? Are they safe? Are they safe? Be safe for them. And there will be safety that characterizes that relationship. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I had one other thing I had made a note of that I wanted to share, but I wanted to give you a chance to throw something out there. If you have anything. You know, the thing that, um, the thing that I realized happened through the interviews, and I'll try and make this brief, I think. <laughs> I'm not very good at making stuff brief. Have you ever noticed that? Um, <laughs> Never. Yeah, never. Um, is that people, the people we invited to be guests through this first series of episodes up until this point are, are people who grew really well, um, but that's not necessarily something they chose to do, mm. right? I even think about Muhammad and probably our youngest guest 
but with a maturity so far beyond his years that when people called me to say, oh my gosh, I listened to that podcast, that was the phrase I kept hearing over and over again, just, oh my gosh, maturity beyond his years, right? Is that um, the ability to grow effectively, to me, the way I've always made the most sense of my averageness in this is that, is that it's like athleticism. It, it, and, and, and we all know with athleticism that some people got it. We don't know why, but they did. And I didn't get it at the same level, right? And, and, and we are so willing to embrace where we are on the athletic spectrum. But I find people are embarrassed to embrace where they are on the developmental spectrum. And yet, if this is important to you, and I'm, t I'm telling folks it should be important to you, all of the research around this, the, not only your effectiveness, but your well-being and your satisfaction, just your general happiness in life. And by the way, it's not just your happiness, it's the happiness that you begin to grow in others. You be, when you're developmental, you create developmental energy, I don't know, for other people. Um, and, and don't be em embarrassed if you're not as far along the journey as you should be. Just start seizing opportunities and say, well, it's not too late to become more developmentally fit now. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the other thought that I had is that we did yeah. kind of bring on a whole series of rock stars and we're not <laughs> all rock stars. Yeah, we're not. Um, I love that. And, and I love just the encouragement of it's never too late. I mean, we, we both have been witness to people who um, kind of had, a, had been stuck for a while and, and the little things weren't helping them. And, and finally a big thing did come along and they got unstuck. And, and again, our hope for everybody is let's not wait for the big things. Let's, let's get that daily practice in so the big things aren't, aren't going to rock your world as much, right? Start growing now. Um, hey, that we've was, got about 10 minutes left on this episode. Why don't you tell me, tell me your last thing. I, you've got my curiosity peaked. Well, now after that, it doesn't seem that profound, but um, it is interesting <laughs> and relevant to the work that we do is, is the influence of personality in everybody's story. And, and some people were very explicit, you know, Christy Gordy knew exactly what her personality type was and how it played in. Kyle Marrero did as well. Right. Um, Mike Lauderdale, for sure. Um, but even the people that weren't explicit about it, you and I could tell some, some elements of that. And, and I think we're big advocates that, you know, there is no magic answer. There's no personality assessment that is going to unlock the mysteries of who you are. Um, they only, you know, I forget the numbers, um, you know, personality only explains a small percentage of leadership effectiveness, but the self-awareness that comes with understanding your personality of understanding um, all your preferences for how you interact with the world, I think really helps you on this journey. And, and I love the way that you explain it is that early on in our lives and our careers, our goal is to lean into our strengths, lean into our preferences, kind of become the best version of um, 
the way that we're wired, but then there gets to be a point when our influence is increasing, where we recognize that just leaning on those strengths and preferences is no longer sufficient. And it takes acknowledging that, acknowledging the flip side. Um, you know, we've, we've, um, told some stories. I think I brought it up in the first podcast, one element of personality that, that I have to work really hard on. And, and the flip side of it is, is, you know, you is I'm a super organizer. You're a super adapter. Um, being organized served me really well through my childhood and my education years. It even served me really well now professionally and with a family and with all of that stuff. But getting to a point that I recognize it is limiting my effectiveness if I don't learn how to use my organization in conjunction with adaptability, right? Same thing with my kind of the way I see the world. Um, I see I see a reality. I see a picture of reality versus um, the other half of the world. Like you see big picture and the attention to details in reality serves me really well. But if I only pay attention to that, it limits me. And I feel like, um, you know, Stuart Rayfield mentioned that when she was talking about she, she loves the adaptability and she, so leading through COVID <clears throat> fits in her wheelhouse, like being able to shift and adjust plans every day. But she recognizes in order to lead people, she has to be able to kind of meet them where they are and speak their language. And so um, I would just encourage our listeners, if you have not done any sort of personality assessment, find there's plenty of them online. We love the golden personality profile. You can take independently on their website. I think it's goldenllc.com. Um, the Enneagram provides some interesting insight, the Myers-Briggs, the DISC, the, you name it, um, as, as Keith likes to say, the more, the merrier, but <clears throat> again, recognizing that we, we want to leverage the things that come naturally to us and mm -hmm. also be mindful that that's not enough to get us through the end of the game with the effectiveness that we want to have. Where you went at the end of that is where I thought you were going to go the whole time. Everything you said, I'm just in 100% agreement with. Um, the, the thing in light of growing ourselves, right? The thing that I love about these assessments, even crummy assessments, I mean, there are some that aren't even that accurate, I think. Yeah. Um, but they, every one of them has the capacity to raise in us, us the question, am I really like that? Yeah. Right? And, and that self-awareness, that taking ownership of the way you're built, even if it's the, even if what you ultimately take ownership of is not what the test said, that's okay. Because it's raising, that, that's why I say the more the merrier. Just take them. They're fun. They're fine. Mm -hmm. Read them. Read what kind of, are you a golden retriever, a lion, a beaver, or an otter? What's your <laughs> strengths finder score? The Enneagram is so hot right now. And I think it is tapping into something different. And you know that one of the podcasts I regularly listen to is Ian Cron and typology. And, mm -hmm. and I just get to hear people's stories of who they think they are inside the Enneagram. And, and uh, we, we do love the golden. We love these things that are based in more Jungian type theory, but it only taps a portion of, of who we are from a personality perspective. 
but any of them that create the challenge and contradiction that you brought up in the first part of um, of this episode today, challenge and contradiction. How are we how are we putting things in front of us that contradict or 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 that our current understanding does not make perfect sense of? These assessment tools are fantastic for that. It's a fun, proactive way to become more grounded, more mature, more self-aware in who you are. All good stuff. And to build on that, one thing that that we love to say is that we we need to let these reports refine our understanding of ourselves and not define our understanding. I think the risk is I've seen too many people get a personality report and then take that description and say, that is who I am. Whatever this paper says, that is how I am. And and even the most reliable, valid, trusted assessments are not, they're not the perfect picture of you. And so to take them and take the crappy ones, as you said, and say, that doesn't sound like me. That doesn't sound like me. That is a level of self-authorship to be able to look at something and evaluate it. And, and one thing I love to encourage clients to do when we do personality sessions is take a report and, and let somebody else read it too and have a conversation of how they see these things show up in you. And, and again, not to let their opinion define you, but to use it as another piece of feedback. Because I remember years ago, you know, my favorite story is there was this woman who was in one of our workshops, had gotten her golden personality report, came up to me just despondent at a break because the report had pegged her as an extrovert. And you could tell just by her body language that she that she was not your stereotypical extrovert. And she um, just said, my whole life I thought I was an introvert. And now I find out I'm an extrovert and I don't have an excuse to get out of this party this weekend anymore. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, you are a grown woman. If you don't want to go to a party, you don't go. And just because this piece of paper has an E on it does not change who you are. If you are not a party person, you're not a party person and that's okay. <laughs> but it was like, oh, okay, we need to start over. So um, don't be like that. Don't get ever, you know, I see it with the Enneagram. Well, I'm a, I'm a type one and therefore here's all the things I'm going to do. And it's an, it, an excuse for my behavior, right? Um, and, and that is not true. You are not your personality. You have a personality. And so um, making your personality work for you, um, I think is really important. I love it. That's my hey. personality soapbox. Uh, fun conversation, Dr. Musgrove. Yes. I enjoyed this. I know. And it has been so fun to do these first, um, number of episodes. We've had such great guests that I'm just genuinely honored that they would come on and so openly share their stories with us. Um, and I know that in the future, um, we'd love to come back and do some more of these kind of challenging story conversations. We are going to shift a little bit starting in the next episode. We are going to be going a little bit deeper on specific topics of leadership, bringing in experts who have studied different um, dimensions of how to lead well. We are going to start with you. I'm so excited to get to interview you. You get to be in the hot seat about just your life's work on vertical development and what that looks like. We have a whole slew of guests on different topics lined up that, that we'll be bringing over the next um, several months. So with that, I just want to remind our listeners to go to our website, growinggrownups.com. 
um, we have the courses, we have the growth gap tool, we have all of our previous episodes. You can um, get the links to the, you know, wherever you're listening to this links to the YouTube videos, all those different things. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you'd love for us to cover, if you know somebody that would be great to have on the podcast, shoot us an email, grownups at leaderslyceum.com, L-Y-C-E-U-M. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So with that, Keith, any closing words? Lean in. <laughs> Perfect. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Growing as Grownups. Take a second and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and tell your friends. You'll find all of the goods related to this episode, including the transcript, videos, links, and other ways we can help you keep growing as a grown-up on our website, growinggrownups.com. Growth isn't easy, but it's completely within your reach. Until next time, journey well, friends.